commencing countdown. Three, two, one. This is the Contracting Experience. Connecting government contracting professionals to the world around them through conversations with acquisition influencers, insights into evolving hot topics, and sharing lessons learned from the field. Spark Tank is an annual competition put on by AFWorks, where airmen pitch innovative ideas to top Air Force leadership and a panel of industry experts. This episode, we sit down with six of the airmen that pitched their ideas at the Air Force Association's Air Warfare Symposium in Orlando, Florida at the end of February. The airmen are solving Air Force problems and using solutions like robotic process automation, portable magnetic aircraft covers, C-17 loading aid, low-cost threat emitter replicator, weapons loading smart checklist, and battery cell extraction tool. I encourage you all to check out my conversation with these innovators and go to the link in the show notes that features an article from Public Affairs and videos of each of the airmen's ideas. Understanding the problems our airmen face provide us with better insight in order to determine what acquisition solution and strategy is most appropriate. This is directly in line with leadership's expectations to be mission-focused business leaders. If you are an Air Force military or civilian with an innovative idea, check out AFWorks ideation platform site in the show notes to share your idea and find avenues for support and funding. Welcome Spark Tank finalists to the podcast. So first question, Tech Sergeant Overby. Tell us briefly about yourself and what you'll be pitching at the 2020 Spark Tank competition. And then also if you could touch on the problem or focus area that your solution addresses and why it's important. Okay, um, my personnelist at AFPC, Air Force Personnel Center, um, I'll be pitching the digital airman robotic process automation. Um, the problem that I'm focusing on is that we have a lot of repetitive processes that humans should not be doing and that there's technical, there's technical software solutions that could actually do that work for them without their interference. And um, I believe it's important because our entire business at AFPC is the airmen, their family, and retirees. So everything we do there is gonna touch about two, two million people, so. Awesome. Tech Sergeant Caban. Yes, hi, I'm uh, Tech Sergeant Caban from uh, Langley Air Force Base, Virginia. I uh, came up with a portable magnetic aircraft covers. And the problem that we are facing in aircraft maintenance is we don't have uh, aircraft covers with us at all time because they're too big, bulky to fly with the aircraft. We're limited on storage space. So we developed a way to adhere the covers to the aircraft and be able to fold them up and to put it in about a one by one uh, cubic foot storage area. And then just so listeners know, in the show notes, I'll put in the link to all the videos. They can go in and see the videos that you guys did and and um, see it, you know, face-to-face and the type of stuff that you guys are working on. So uh, Tech Sergeant Kaiser. How's it going? I'm Tech Sergeant Kaiser. I'm a proud port dog from the 8th Expeditionary Air Mobility Squadron and uh, located in Alunid Air Base. Uh, basically, I'm uh, pitching the K-Wedge. It's a C-17 loading aid that's designed to safeguard the rail system on the aircraft to safeguard the components of the aircraft and also ensure that uh, cargo um, is lifted appropriately and we're not wasting airlift and 
we're not damaging any, anything and delaying uh, vital cargo to the warfighter. Great, thank you. Captain Coyle? Yeah, so I'm, I'm here with a small team from Luke Air Force Base, a, a small team of builders. We, um, I, I'm Captain Coyle, I'm here with uh, Adam Treese and Wiley Standage Buyer, who's a PhD student at Arizona State University. And we built a, um, a surface threat emitter that we can use on our training ranges uh, for for daily pilot training. It uses a software-defined radio to recreate radar waveforms and allows our pilots to train against those. Uh, the, the problem here is that we don't really have enough emitters out on our range to simulate a realistic threat environment. So we developed a way to build a low-cost emitter that we can put out in a higher quantity on our training ranges to, um, to enhance our pilot training on a daily basis. Great, thanks for being here. Thanks for having me. Chief Master Sergeant Flagg. Hey, I'm Chief Flagg. For, um, I'm the Wing Weapons Manager at Spangdalem Air Base. And uh, so as the Wing Weapons Manager, my, it's, uh, my responsibility is to make sure that we can uh, safely and rely, reliably load weapons on F-16, F-16s in a timely manner. Um, what we found is that um, we did a deep dive and realized that our, our instructions for loading these weapons is, is really overly complex. Uh, think of it this way. There's, between the number of munitions that we have, um, the number of different ways we can load them, and you think about different fuses and initiators, there's literally billions of different ways that you could load an F-16 with weapons, but we've only got 25 checklists that tell us how to do that. So what that means is there's, uh, if for one crew to load an F-16, potentially they're, they're, they're looking at 840 steps in a checklist, and they have to answer the question, does this apply, apply to the task that I'm performing? Mm -hmm. So what our team is uh, here doing this week is we're pitching the idea of a uh, a smart weapons loading checklist, otherwise known as uh, Project Mercury. What it's going to allow us to do is, is, is provide some input conditions, uh, make a few inputs, and then what we get in return is, is a streamlined checklist where instead of answering the question, does this apply 840 times, it's going to say, do these 240 steps, so right. essentially 240 directions. Okay, great. Thank you. And then Master Sergeant Tingle. Hi, I'm Rob Tingle. Uh, I'm representing Battery Cell Extraction Tool Team of myself and Roy Pachalski. We're citizen airmen representing Air Force Reserve Command from Joint Base Lewis-McChord. Um, we submitted our Battery Cell Extraction Tool to uh, help re address the issues of cost savings and workplace injuries. So when you're working in the shop every day and you're watching these technicians struggle with pulling cells out of a NICAD battery, uh, it, it was we had to come up with a new way of doing this. Um, each one of those is $1,000. There's 20 of them in each battery, so the costs can go up um, pretty rapidly if you're damaging an otherwise serviceable cell. So we address that, and we also address uh, workplace injuries. Um, if you look at the data of, of like VA costs when airmen get partnered up with the VA um, after they leave the service, the costs have rise by like $100 billion in 20 years. So I think everybody should be making an effort to reduce workplace injuries while they're in the military. Right, definitely. So next question, Tech Sergeant Overby, we'll start with you. What has the process been like to get to the actual Spark Tank pitch event, and how did you prepare? The process has been kind of hectic for me because I have a lot of other things, and I wasn't able to get away from work to mm -hmm. practice on this. And um, we did have a TDY to refine our pitch with pitch coaches mm -hmm. uh, through AFWERTS Vegas. And um, what was it like to actual get to the pitch event? It's just been crazy to me. Like, I, I, it's fun, mm -hmm. and it's like it's something I've never done before, but... Right. It's been a lot of hard work. I, I feel like while we're having fun, we're also working too. So Right. 
want to get to meet other airmen that are, you know, trying to be innovative and solve problems and stuff like that, going through the same stuff. So met people that maybe you wouldn't have met before. True. And you get to see that, like, there are so many things that we can do in the Air Force that everyone has great ideas and we should always, like, you know, encourage each other all. Like, I feel like we're all winners here. Like, I don't think one person should just be the best. Like, all these ideas help the Air Force in different ways. Definitely. Thank you. So, uh, my trip up here has been uh, a roller coaster uh, ride. So, uh, it's been difficult at times, but uh, I feel it's really rewarding. And I wouldn't be in this position without the teamwork from uh, my supervision. They've been nothing but uh, helpful. And uh, I see a huge change in culture. You know, mo- growing up, there was a lot of, uh, in the Air Force, before, there wasn't so much of an emphasis on innovation and change. And uh, I'm just glad that my wing group, uh, squadron has been nothing but helpful and uh, setting all this up for me and uh, taking care of a lot of stuff so I can maintain my regular job. So, so as part of that, I mean, to some supervisors or management leaders that are listening, what are some things that your leadership did that they could take and help with their people to encourage them to do, to do things differently? Uh, the innovation cell has been huge in it. And if they could get involved with their innovation cell, and though how I got started with this is the innovation cell had a pitch uh, session. And I was able to talk directly to the wing commander and uh, group commander and uh, vice commander. They had the whole whole board set up, so uh, it was easy to have direct communication. They say go with it, and they helped me along the whole process. So get involved with the innovation cells at the local base. So innovation cell. Be open to hear what your airmen, the problems that they're facing. Yes. Give them room to speak up and, and talk talk about it. Anybody else have any suggestions for leadership? Yeah, I think going along with the, not only just the innovation cells, but uh, I don't know if you guys all had the same thing, but at Luke we had the Squadron Innovation Funds, and that's what really kicked off our project. And it, and it really started off as a as a learning opportunity for us to, to get some new technology and start playing around with it and seeing what was what was possible. But those innovation funds made that available to us. So so along with those innovation cells also comes, you know, a little bit of extra funding uh, that allows airmen to experiment and try new things. Okay. Thank you. Oh, yes. Uh, yeah, I was able to uh, get funding from my uh, group commander, Colonel Seitz and uh, Group Chief Chief Burt, they were super helpful in uh, giving me the money from from to get my prototypes made to do check fits. And yeah, stuff. so it was awesome. Great. One thing I think is uh, important that, that all airmen should should know is that there the site out there Idea Scale, mm-hmm. um, it's a direct line to your Magcom to your Magcom Innovation Office. Um, so uh, I've been in for twenty four. I've had. 24 years of service now, and we went a, a, a large period of that was if there was anybody in your chain of command that put up a wall, or put up a barrier toward a, a good idea, it was over with, right? And then there was a period of time as a force, we, we started preaching innovation, but we really didn't have the infrastructure up yet. Um, and now I feel like uh, I feel like senior leaders have created that environment. So in Airmen, if you take our, our innovation with a smart checklist, we we are on the verge of taking 28 minutes off the time it take it, that it takes to load and generate an F-16, mm-hmm. um, and that happened at the very tactical level, right. with a direct route to the Magcom. 
Um, and, and every airman has that that opportunity. Um, so if somebody has a good idea, get on idea scale, put it in there. Um, it bypasses those roadblocks if they exist. Right. And that's a huge part of it is, you know, it, maybe it's not that leadership didn't want to hear the ideas, but having that that communication, you know, structure in place through idea scale to be able to get those ideas up there is huge. Absolutely. I was just going to add that um, for like the process of coming and being here at the final spark tank with the other five competitors has been, you know, a whirlwind. So being over in Al Udid, you know, you're half half a world away from everyone else and trying mm -hmm. to coordinate, you know, the, the TDYs, trying to coordinate how um, the data to really back up your idea. But one thing that um, that I learned is that you're probably your most precious resource is your fellow airmen, um, because even if you have a great idea, you still need to find a way to, to fabricate it or to somehow make it or collaborate with someone and with an expertise. And going over to the 379th Maintenance Squadron, I had a lot of help from Tech Sergeant Bittner, Staff Sergeant Davis, Staff Sergeant Stefan, and a whole lot of other people that came together and, and helped with the K-Wedge prototype. And uh, actually, you know, we went back and forth and created multiple and finally found one that worked. And because of them um, and using your resource and using your fellow wingmen, that's the only reason why you know we're here today. So I encourage right. anyone who has a good idea, reach out to to your wing, you know, other squadrons, and see, you know, if you go to you know another unit with an idea, you'd be surprised at how um, happy people will be to to try and help you and be a part of that. Well, it's exciting, right? I mean, it's exciting to do something different and try to solve problems and then see that help out in the field. So. Well, yeah, I think that's a huge lesson we can all take from this is it, is it takes a team to really get these things rolling. I, I know at Luke Air Force Base, we were provided a, a, a space by ACC Debt 9. They, they gave us a space to work in and they gave us the, uh, the expertise of a lot of the engineers that they have there to help us build a lot of the components for that. And, uh, you know, just going down, being able to go down the road to the precision measurement and equipment laboratories, uh, section on base and having those guys help us was huge and it, and then even folks that that were even outside of our our own circle of influence at luke air force base folks at the white sands missile range just just numerous people have stepped right. up to help out with this and and it just really makes you realize that this is a team effort and then the other piece of that is the relationships that you build because we don't have a bunch of money to go and pay these people to do things a lot of mm -hmm. the you know, the, the deals that were made were, were based upon a handshake or a 12 pack of beer or something, you know, mm -hmm. it's, it, it, it's just figuring out ways to work with people to get things done because these innovations are, they're truly, uh, or the deciding factor of these is, is about resourcefulness, not resources. Right. I got one more thing to add. Yeah. Uh, quick story. My luggage got lost on the way over here. So my props got lost. Uh, mm -hmm. One of the key components to it. And uh, Major Van Timmerman and uh, Lieutenant Myers got a hold of the wing. And the wing commander, Colonel Lopez, is actually flying out another one with him. Oh, wow. Right now. So that's awesome. So now he's going to see the pitch face to face. Yeah. The pressure's on. No. Yeah, he was coming anyways. But, <laughs> okay. Good. But he's bringing it on. It's just really awesome that they'd be able to help out yeah, with something such, such short notice. Captain Quayle, I'll start with you for this next question. It might touch on what you just said as well. But... What have you learned and what will you take away to future assignments after taking part in this process? You know, what I talked about before with the teamwork was really an important thing that, you know, that we'll take away in building relationships. But the, the other piece of that is the communication piece. Uh, I'm, I'm an intel officer. The other guy on my team, he's, he's an intel officer as well. We're, we're used to standing up in front of people and talking, but 
being able to communicate and sell something or or provide a pitch to mm -hmm. sell your innovation is a totally different style of of talking so i think right. that's that's one of the things that, that we're really going to take away from this is learning how to communicate uh, both a problem and a solution and and being able to to communicate that to individuals who uh, may not be technically aware of what, what it is you're trying to do. Well, and you have to think about what do they care about, right? And then connect your idea to that so that way you can make it sink in. Absolutely. Yeah, one thing to add on that too is uh, AFWorks has really helped us out with all of us with our pitches and getting them our, our message across. Yeah, I think the biggest thing I'll take away is, is so we had this idea for a smart weapons loading checklist, but uh, honestly, I don't think we'd be here right now if it wasn't for last last spring when I was in when I was at uh, uh, Gunter um, when I was doing the um, chief leadership course, and we took a tour of MGM Works in downtown Montgomery um, and kind of heard their spiel and all the projects they had been working on and how they had software fielded in just a matter of months. Really opened my my eyes to the possibility because I've like I said it's been spent a long time and in 24 years of service and you just don't see things i didn't see things get to to be used quickly right it's a long process right. of testing and and by the time you're by the time you get the product that you want it's outdated it's eight to ten years later right um it's not the case anymore it's not right. that's um and it's been very clear to this point that in the eyes of senior leadership that's unacceptable and there's resources out there it was just a phone call to mgm works and said hey can you help us out with this and they were and their response was absolutely when can you get here right right so um um between like we mentioned earlier idea scale f works vegas um uh, mgm works any of those subsidiaries um if you think you got an idea they're they're a phone call away and they can definitely get you in touch with the right people right well just like you were talking about mgm works helps you see and inspire you a little bit now other airmen can go on and watch the watch your guys's video listen to this podcast and hear about what you guys are doing and see what you've done and say oh okay well i got some problems too that i think we can solve and let's keep it moving anything to add sir yeah I, I can add to that too um what i took away from this things i've learned they'll take with me in the future is really i don't have a better way to say it like project perseverance is if you have an idea and you, and you want you want to see uh, you want to turn that spark into fire um, you're going to encounter roadblocks along the way afworks told us that a, a lot of projects encounter the valley of death which mm -hmm. is that time when you're at your lowest of like yeah it just doesn't seem like it's gonna uh, come to fruition but this is such a good idea um, one of the keynote speaker people here is elon musk one of the biggest innovators in the world and one of the quotes i found from him was that um, don't give up unless you're forced to give up so unless someone's forcing you to give up, you can keep trying to find ways to um, get your idea out there, get your leadership on board, and it'll be worth it in the end. Right. I was going to say the same thing, that you have to be persistent. If you have a good idea and, you know, you submit it to, you know, idea scale and everything, you better follow up. You better start working on it and providing data because if you don't show that, you know, you don't care about it enough to actually find the answers and find a way around roadblocks, then why are other people going to care? Right. And so I think it's that's what, something I'm going to take away is, you know, you're going to hear a lot of no's, but as long as you can provide the data, because you can't, you can't turn a blind eye to data if, if you can prove that something's actually wrong. So provide that to your leadership. And once you do that, you'll see it really take off. Like my leadership is a 521st AMAL. And I've had, you know, every, everyone's support from the wing commander and the command chief all the way down. My squadron leadership has been amazing. And then over in AMC, 
uh, mislay method um, and everyone that works up at AMC has helped me out a ton. And uh, yeah, like like I said, this is a whole team team event and we all need each other. Um, and our most precious resources are airmen and our, and our partners. So definitely don't take that lightly. I think it's like anything else in your life or your career, right? It, it, the biggest factor to success is drive, grit, determination, whatever you want to call it. It's a must. If you're going to be successful, you have to have it. Um, with, the, with these projects, it's no different. I think the difference now is that you're more likely, the more, the more drive you have, the more likely you're going to encounter somebody that's going to advance your idea. Um, I, th I think you still need those things, but, but the, the, the environment is much more conducive to, to your idea taking hold and, and being pushed forward. Yeah, with uh, Sergeant Tingo and Chief was saying, uh, the perseverance and drive, um, definitely relate to that, and I definitely want to take that back because uh, one thing I would definitely take from this is don't be afraid of your own idea. A lot of people come up with ideas and they're like, oh, well, I don't know how to execute that or I don't know who can help me. Or someone could say, no, you know, you don't have those avenues. For me, my idea, it was an idea for me, but as far as robotics process automation and coding bots, I've never coded anything in my life. I'm not a techie person. I honestly don't really like being a techie person. Like, I don't think that's one of my, I'm something I have that particular skill set naturally, but I was so convinced that this process could help us that I self-learned. You know, I went on YouTube, Google, and asked people, and I had leadership who said, hey, if we get this software on your computer, if we can get this, can you learn it and give us a proof of concept? And you know, that's what I did. The support definitely helps. So everyone's all for it. It doesn't help. It doesn't hurt that it didn't cost a whole lot to start. But once you start seeing that, showing that progress, you get that, those wheels driving, just keep just dig in you know keep going you will encounter nose you will encounter that frozen middle ground you just never first of all never stop with the first no you know that's when you have a great idea if you really believe in it and you can show the data you will prove it with that drive and that perseverance so never start with the stop with the first no and if you have airmen with ideas if you, if you think it's a bad idea don't say no that's stupid say hey maybe you can refine this idea so you you can communicate it with me better than because I'm not getting it right now something like that you know so don't just knock them like help them refine it or try to get to what they're trying to get out of it and mm -hmm. figure it out with them well and when do we learn the most when so, we actually fail right so so maybe it's allowing an environment where your airmen can fail a little bit in a, in a safe way right so they can learn from it and then go to the next thing that's that's actually um, something I learned from General Kelly, who was the previous commander of AFPC, is he said, if you have a great idea, present it. And if it works, great. If you have a great idea and you present it and it doesn't work out, don't give up. Keep pushing. You know, a bad right. idea can turn into a good idea. Right. The idea was generated for a reason, because there's a problem. And at the end of the day, if you come up with an idea and they say no, think of the reason why they say no and say, well, what am I? Why are they saying no? And if it's valid that they're saying no for that, still try to push and solve that problem because you're solving a problem. And that's the reason why you had the idea, not for no other reason, pretty much. So. so last question for you guys, and this can be from when you had that light bulb moment of like, this is the problem I need to solve or until you guys get on that pitch stage, which you're, you're not in front of the Secretary of the Air Force yet. So that who knows that that might be part of it. But what is of all this process what has been maybe one of the most challenging things about it and then what has been maybe one of the most rewarding or your favorite pieces of it the most challenging part of this was really just 
being able to drive through and get everything done and get everything in order with the timeline of AFWorks and the uh, Spark Tank. Um, that's the most challenging part of it for me. Um, what makes it easier is definitely leadership support. Like what was your the most rewarding part or your oh, The most rewarding part? part is just seeing that your idea is loved and that you have support even from uh, other innovators and other people who are competing with you. I don't think anyone's competing against me. I just feel like we all support each other. That's the most rewarding part. Awesome. Yeah, I would think one of the most difficult thing in this whole process is just finding time uh, to balance with it. And uh, my team has been super helpful at uh, mitigating all the obligations I have and share, sharing with it. So having a good support is really, really awesome. What I think is most rewarding about it is being able to communicate with other uh team members here uh, that all come up with uh, good ideas. Every one of these guys here has an awesome idea and helping other people through because since I started, everybody's been, you know, asking me how to do this and that. And so we've got a lot of other good ideas just spreading out right. and making everybody's life easier. So, yeah, just, you know, being stationed on a, on a one year, um, one year tour in IUD, it's, it's challenging because you have long work weeks, long work hours, you know, there's, I have 44 airmen um, in my section that, you know, we're trying to take care of, make the mission happen. As everyone knows, it's been highly active, like pretty much the entire past year over in the AOR with, um, you know, the region. So it's, it's been challenging trying to balance work, trying to balance this project, your personal life, and uh, just go in day in, day out and try and make some kind of progress towards your idea. And so sometimes it happens slow. Sometimes, you know, you make big leaps, but just don't get discouraged. And that's what I learned about this is, you know, don't get discouraged, just keep pushing through with that perseverance we talked about. And uh, yeah, just be, that environment just makes it incredibly difficult. But um, at the end of the day, like the, the project, the idea came, you know, came at a good time to where I had a lot of time left in LUD to kind of see it through with my partners over at the 379th um, Expeditionary Maintenance Squadron. Like they've been super helpful. And honestly, some of the most rewarding uh, experiences is actually using the the K wedge out on on the aircraft and seeing my airmen, you know, rejoice at the fact that you know they're not they're not scared of damaging uh, right. the cargo uh, aircraft anymore. They're not scared of damaging those rails, and that that actually works. And proving that concept and seeing how that you know helps out the airmen, so they don't have to endure you know what we have for over two decades. That's extremely rewarding. And then, like I said. Um, like some of the people that we've met, all the other five contestants are awesome. And we spent a lot of time together at AppWorks Vegas, who really prepped us for this. And then meeting, uh, I had my pitch coach, Ms. Darla Kelly at AMC, was super helpful and super active and, and helping me with everything that I needed. And um, I, it just the, the support is great. It's one of the most rewarding experiences and, and seeing it actually work and help the lives of those other airmen. Yeah, and I, I think I, I agree, agree with uh, Sergeant Kaiser and, and Rob. You know, I, throughout this process, I think we figured out what's at the, what's in the valley of death, and it's a roller coaster. It, there's just there's so many highs and so many lows, and I think one of the biggest challenges for me is has been kind of weathering that storm, or you know, trying to stay on that roller coaster without throwing up or crying or something else. You know, because <laughs> there's there's a lot of times where you want to walk away. But then there's also other times where you have these huge successes. So just being able to take a look at this objectively is just very important and trying to push your feelings aside and just saying, you know, today was was a step in the right direction. It, tomorrow, um, you know, is 
could even be just a little bit more difficult. I conversely, I think the most rewarding thing that that I've experienced throughout this is is really seeing your your um, your innovation or your project come to life, seeing it work for the first time. You know, mm-hmm. for us, it's flipping a switch on and then just seeing seeing something happen. It's it's an amazing feeling, and when you see it work, there, there's just nothing like it in the world. And that's what really helps you keep pushing forward, stay on that roller coaster, and, and keep pushing forward. Yeah, I think the most challenging thing, like we heard a couple times previously, is time. Um, for most of us, we have full time full time jobs. Let's be honest, for a lot of us, it's more than a full-time job. Um, so now you throw in a, in a innovation and, and, and everything that goes along with that, and it's difficult. Um, I would encourage supervisors, um, leaders, and organizations to invest in, in, in the future. Right? We, a lot of times we get caught up in the grind, and it consumes us, and that's, we feel like that's our purpose, and we, we kind of lose sight. We lose sight of that future. Make that investment. Give those airmen, those airmen that are developing their ideas, give them time. Give them time to go after it. Um, and, and it's going to pay off. It's going to pay off in the long run. The most rewarding thing was those individuals who feel the pain of the current process, um, seeing their face when you put something in their hands and you see them light up and you see the emotion in them because they felt that pain for so long. Um, even though about half of the responses are, that's dope. Um, (laughs) (laughs) um, it's, it's really, it's really fantastic to see that. Well, and to both of your two points, you know, we're looking at ways to motivate our workforce, retain our workforce, and kind of what you guys touched on is this is like that intrinsic, you know, way to motivate them is to listen to their ideas, listen to their ways to solve problems. They're the ones doing the jobs. And then how do we help them along the path to to make it happen or to work through to find out if there is a, a better way to do it? So I'll, I'll hit on difficulty um, and, and a reward. So one of the most difficult things about all this, I don't know if it, was, if it was the same for everybody else, was just like taking your idea, which has already sold itself, which already um, it's got the data that shows how good it is, and then having to turn that into a pitch. It doesn't matter how good your idea is right now out of the 220 submissions. If you can't pitch it, you're not going to be here. Like that's just that's just the fact of it. Mm-hmm. This is the uh, rules of engagement: is you need to learn how to develop a pitch like you're on Shark Tank, and so that that has been the probably the biggest difficulty, maybe for some reasons that it's unique to our um, presentation, but the turning it into a pitch uh, from just a great idea, and then uh, definitely how the most rewarding has been watching your innovation get into the hands of the airmen that are doing the job and it making their life easier. Right. It makes it all worth it. Well, so what you just said, you know, even though the most difficult is making it a pitch, I mean, all of you are now going to be on the big stage here in a couple of days. And so I guess the message is you guys can do it, right? You can figure it out. Just like you said, you use Google and the internet to figure out different things. I mean, yeah. put yourself out there and you can do it. So I want to thank all you guys for being on the podcast today. Um, I really appreciate meeting you guys and getting your story out. The Contracting Experience Podcast hit its one-year birthday in October 2019. If you have enjoyed listening, I ask you to share the podcast with your friends and coworkers and leave us a review on iTunes. Sharing the podcast is the best way to help others connect with the world around them. Thank you for listening.